Good morning everybody, it is Wednesday the 24th of February and the market not really behaving itself today, down 20 on the futures being down 25 and that is a bit of a turnaround from yesterday's rather surprising 58 point rise which was driven by BHP up 3.1%, Rio up 1.8%, this is yesterday I'm talking about, a very strong performance from energy so it was all resources yesterday and today it's all sort of a little bit dead in the water, resources down a little bit bang mixed. Tech stocks still looking a little bit, although Wise Tech is up 5% today on results. And IEL IDP Education absolutely flying up 15% on its results. There is a bit of a trend this results season, which is just about to end. It runs out at the end of this week and we've had Woolworths results today, which were the last real major, although Afterpay's tomorrow and Qantas tomorrow. Woolworths up 0.3% on results today. Uh, the results season is about to end out, but there has been end, but it is, uh, there has been this trend of pandemic beneficiaries peaking out, things like JB Hi-Fi and pandemic victims, such as the travel stocks, which have been flying since results. And today, IDP education up 15% on results. And that's the way it's gone this results season. The pandemic beneficiaries running out of steam and the pandemic victims gaining confidence. Anyway, the big event overnight, you might have noticed yesterday, the NASDAQ was down 2.5% and last night at one point it was down 4%. So that was beginning to look a little bit precipitous. And some of our frothy stocks like APT was down 7% yesterday. Z1P down 3.4%. Technology had a bit of a bad day yesterday. WiseTech down 3%. Car sales down 4%. Seat down 7% on results. So some of our frothy stocks were seeing some profit taking yesterday. And if we'd closed with Wall Street down 4% or the US had closed with Wall Street down 4%, we'd be having a bloodbath in those again today. But Jerome Powell pops up and poured cold water on this worry about interest rates. He said that the US or the central bank in the US has got no intention to raise rates. They won't do until they see a lasting economic recovery. And even if inflation does pick up, they don't expect it to be a large or persistent rise. So that bounced the NASDAQ from down 4% to down half a percent and the Dow Jones went from down 363 to up 16. So what we take from that is that this interest rate fear is real and I've put in the strategy piece today a chart of the Australian 10-year bond yield. It has actually doubled now since the vaccine news in November. It's gone from 0.75% to 1.595% and going exponential in the last couple of days. And the US 10-year bond yield, you'll see that in the strategy piece as well, doing something similar. So this is a real fundamental reason for the market to top out. As you'll remember, the comments yesterday were about a number of stocks on nosebleed valuations and that if interest rates start to go up, then it's going to be hard to justify some share prices. So that's the concern at the moment. But Jerome Powell has just, it was just beginning to look precipitous and Jerome Powell has just rescued it at the last minute here. So I would say there are concerns in the market, concerns about the sentiment element, which has been very positive, very driving for the market, that that is peaking. And this interest rate theme could pick up again.
again. So I think if you look at if you look at the ASX 200 trend, it's still good. We're top of the trading range, coming off top, but we're still in the uptrend, bigger uptrend. So I wouldn't be sweating on it too much. But clearly, for the first time in a long time, we're more cautious today than we were yesterday, and we were the day before. The Nasdaq's had six losses on the trot. You start to get a bit twitchy. But as I say, if you look at the the general trend, is still very positive. So not sweating it too much. Plus, and I'll come to this a bit later, you've got stocks like Fortescue Metals going ex-dividend on Monday, and there's an 8.5% yield, including franking. There's an 8.5% yield on that one dividend alone. Rio, is it next Wednesday? Goes ex a 5.6% yield, and BHP a 3.7% yield. That's a gross yield, including franking. So you wouldn't be selling resources ahead of those dividends, presumably. And anyway, if there is an inflation pickup, resources tend to do quite well. So some element, elements of the market and the end energy sector has been doing very well recently as well. So it's all built on, if you think about why interest rates are going up, it's built on economic recovery. And that's not a bad thing. You can't have everything in the market, but this interest rate news is, or development is a little bit threatening in the short term. I can see some of you taking profits in APT or something, but, uh, and we're worried about Z1P, which is up 100% in a couple of months and whether we should take a profit there. We'd be selling to buy back quite honestly. So do we do that? I don't know. We haven't done yet. So that's the sort of market summary is a few little short term concerns creeping in. And as I've written in the strategy piece, is it a peak or a pause? Well, it's just a pause for the moment, especially after the Jerome Powell comments. Right. Otherwise, results today, there are loads of them. Woolworths up 0.3% on theirs. The, the biggest mover on results is APE, which is down 4.3% on results. Otherwise, no big movers on results there. As I say, we've got Telstra X dividend today. That chart's sort of okay, but it's not exactly an exciting growth stock for most. Results tomorrow include Afterpay, Ramsey Healthcare, TPG Telecom, Stockland, Qantas, Zip, to name a few. And finally, on Friday, we've got Aristocrat Leisure, Linus, Kogan, and that'll be it for the results season. Right, I've written a piece today called Dividends, Time to Work It, Work It. One of my institutional clients when I was in London, I was working out of London, but most of my clients were Scottish. And one of them was an income fund, which was the Clydesdale Bank in Glasgow. Super conservative. Scots are known to be conservative. And I remember going to see him to ask him what he wanted from brokers. And he said, income. And he said, feel the width. And what he meant was he just wants big dividends. And he made a point that there was lots of stuff in their brochures about quality investing and how they did things. But at the end of the day, the dividend imperative is what drove his fund's activity. And he worked the dividend dividend season like a dervish, trying to strip dividends out without losing capital. And that was his job. And to some extent, income investors the world over and in Australia and Australian retirees have the opportunity to do the same thing. And if you notice what happened to CBA when it went ex-dividend beginning of last week, ANZ and Westpac started ripping up. And I've got charts of that in the strategy piece today, whilst the CBA fell over. In other words, brokers got on the phone or investors decided to switch 
CBA into the stocks, having gone ex-dividend, into the stocks with dividends coming up, which is Westpac and ANZ and the NAB. NAB didn't really do too much, but the ANZ and Westpac did. They also had updates, which people obviously liked last week. But this is an example of people working the dividend season out of the stocks that have gone ex-dividend into the stocks with dividends coming up. And we are doing a bit of that today. We are selling some REITs in the income fund. There are a lot of REITs that have gone ex-dividend already. We're selling those and we are just topping up for the want of a better place in Fortescue, Rio, BHP, ahead of the dividends next week. Our job, just like my Scottish institution, is to produce income and hopefully make capital gains as well. So we are maximizing income by doing that switch today. And also in the strategy piece today, I have got some other income advice such as if you are an income investor, buy early. Some stocks have big dividends, but they're of no interest generally, or they're not growth stocks. Generally, high growth stocks don't pay out dividends and mature, boring, regulated stocks pay out high dividends because they have security of earnings, predictable earnings, and therefore they don't need to hoard money. They pay it out as dividends. So some stocks only ever get interesting over the results season. And you tend to find some of the big mature, big dividend paying stocks, Telstra would be the obvious example, only really or do come alive for a couple of times a year, which is running up to their dividends. So one of the the rules of income investing is buy early, don't buy the day before the dividend necessarily. There's nothing wrong with that if the share price is trending okay. But generally speaking, if you're going to be buying big, boring, mature, high yielding stocks, the only time they're of interest and the only time they tend to rally is into the dividend. So buy them a month ahead and you'll probably make some money anyway. Another little rule is never sacrifice capital for income. Income means nothing if capital is leaking out of the back door. And I'll, I'll give you that example of if you give me a dollar, I can guarantee you a 50% yield for the next two years. And I'd probably take billions of your money if I promised you a 50% yield. But of course, after the two years, I've handed you your money back. There's nothing left. I'd send you a letter saying, I'm afraid your shares are now worthless. And that is simply a swap of capital for income or income for capital. Income investing has two elements, which is which go into the total return. And you need to keep an eye on the total return, not just the income. So you don't buy big dividends. For instance, if a company uh, sells an asset would be a classic, a mid cap small company, it doesn't usually pay a dividend or doesn't pay much of a dividend, sells an asset and decides to return the capital to shareholders. Suddenly on the lists of robotic lists of what dividends are coming up, you'll find that there's XYZ company previously unheard of paying a 20% yield and people will go and buy it for the dividend. Of course, what happens then is they go ex-dividend and what's there to look forward to in that stock? Well, nothing. The only reason people were buying it was for the big dividend. So you'll find stocks like that attract attention as the nuff nuffs think, oh, this is a huge yield. I'll buy that. But of course, what happens then is that it goes ex-dividend, drops by the dividend amount, and then everybody who bought it for the dividend goes, why am I holding it? And they sell it. So you just lose far more money in capital than you ever make in the dividend. So big dividends are often a warning sign, especially one-off dividends. There's a, a big difference between an income stock and a stock that happens to pay a big dividend once. And the other little rule is if it goes up a lot before the dividend and you're really not interested in income, you can actually trade income stocks into their dividends. And if you find it peaking,
thing the day before it goes ex-dividend, you can sell it, you know, because the next day it is going to go ex-dividend. The price is going to drop by the amount of the dividend. And if it's had a really good rally, you'll find a whole load of other people decide to start selling it. If you sell it the day before, you actually capture the equivalent of the dividend, but without franking. And that might be a sensible strategy. So you can sell dividend stocks before the dividend. Right, you can read a bit more about that in the newsletter today. Okay, that's about that. Bit of a quiet one today, really. Market down 19 as I leave you. Dow futures down 28. All a bit of a yawn. Results season sliding into the buffers. Thank goodness you have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.